0: shadow shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to damn the eye. All is peace when i look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand leads me to the promised land what a day glorious day that will be there'll be no sorrow No more burdens to bear, no more sickness. to the promised land, what a day, glorious day, that will be,
1: amen, amen, you, you ever think about that day? The song says it, what a day, what a glorious day that will be, and that's, I love, I love that song. Thank you, Barbara, for minding the spirit and, and singing that for us um, that day. I was listening to a song this week, and he's talking about crossing over Jordan, and he takes your hand, he's just going to lead you right on across. The Even these people like me that can't swim, he's still going to. Take your hand and just walk you right on across the Jordan, on home. I appreciate that. This morning, we're going to be over in 1 John chapter 4. Uh, verse 7, we'll, we'll be there on to the end. Uh, yeah, 1 John, I think I said that. And uh, we're going to look at something that, uh, today is what they call Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I will not be preaching on Pentecost, because Lord lets up on my heart this week and it just got even more real Friday and a little bit more real yesterday and then a little bit more real today. Um, so we're going to look at love this morning. We're just going to look at love because I think uh, as, a, as a country, as a whole, right now, um, we forgot what that is. And, and we need a good reminder uh, from the, the Holy Spirit this morning about just what love is. And, and this morning, I'll ask you a question, and I want you to think about it. And I don't know how many people's here, 30, 40 people. Uh, I want to ask you a question. We'll probably get 30, 40 different answers. What is God? What is God? I mean, have you ever just, just stopped and think about it? What is God? We can sum it up in one word, and that's love. That, that's what God is. But each one of us has our own idea, our own definition, our own thought about what God is. And, and again I think everybody can say love but then we can have so much we can say that he's a healer that he's a provider he's a sustainer uh, he, he's so many different things to each one of us we we know we know him by so many different names by the shepherd and and, and uh, the great physician and we know him as as master and lord and savior and messiah we have all these different names for Jesus but every one of us has our own name for him and we're going to look at the one name this morning just Love. That's what Jesus is. That's who He is. That's what He is to each one of us. And love, nowadays, it's a, it's a very popular thing. It's, it's so popular that they, they write books about it. It's so popular that they write songs about it. It's so popular that they make uh, TV shows and movies about love. And if you think about what love is, it's, it's not a worldly thing. Love is actually what we would call a Christian idea. It was formed by God. It was created in God's mind and in God's heart. It wasn't something that the world just all of a sudden poof, there it is. It's something God come up with. And I think that we as a whole, we as a society, we as a church, we have forgot where love came from. We have put love, uh, we made love an emotion. And it's actually of God, and we're going to look at that this morning, originated in the mind of God, because John says... God is love, but what the world calls love is very different from what God in Christ revealed it to be to us. So we're going to look at love. Now, love—I think I counted it right. It's over a hundred. It's in the Bible or in the New Testament over 180 times. So it must mean something. You know, people say if it's in there more than twice, then it's pretty important. If it's in there just once, to me, it's pretty important. But the Bible says love, or a form of love, over 180 times here in the New Testament. We're just going to look at that two different ones of them this morning. So it must be something that God wants us to, to hold on to today. If you've got your Bible open, stand with me. Stretch your legs. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. My Bible says God is love at the very top of this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one... That loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because, uh, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the uh, repetition of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and He in God. And we, know, we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may behold that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? last verse says, And this commandment have we from him that, we, uh, that he who loveth God love his brother also let's pray father this morning as we open up this service lord we just want to thank you lord we thank you for the many many promises that you've made us Lord. we thank you for every time you've ever stood on your word lord and you've never you've never fallen back on it lord you've always come through just like you said you would god and i, I thank you lord as, as barbara sung that song lord what a wonderful day it's going to be lord when you take each one of us by the hand lord and you lead us over to that promised land god i thank you for that lord i thank you for preparing a place for us lord i thank you for going to prepare that place for us and again that promise that you made for us saying if I go to prepare a place for you that you'll come again and Lord I look forward to that day when you take your children home Lord I look forward to that day when I can step over Jordan and I can walk on into my mansion Lord I can live for eternity with you Lord I thank you for what you're doing here Lord I pray for our country today Lord I lift this whole country up to you Lord, we are sick. We are a sin-sick country right now, Father, and we need to turn back to you. Lord, our leaders need to turn to you. Lord, this nation, as hard-hearted as they are, Lord, we need to turn back to you. God, we we need your help today. God, and I pray that you would grant it. Lord, I do ask that you would be with our law enforcement. Lord, place a hedge of protection around them. Lord, keep them safe. Lord, I pray that you would be with all the others that are involved in this as well. God, keep them safe. Lord, get them back home to their families. Lord, I pray this thing blows over quickly. And, Lord, without any more, uh, any more death, any more bloodshed. God, we thank you for where you've been by our side through this pandemic going on. Lord, I pray that you continue to, to guide us and keep us healthy and strong. God, I, again, I, I can't thank you enough for where you've been by our side through this whole thing. Lord, we thank you for bringing Vance home back home as well. Lord, we can be with his family. Lord, be with that little girl. Lord, be, Lord, just be there with him, Lord, and, and help them grow. Lord, and I pray that you continue to bless them, Lord, and keep them healthy as well. Lord, we thank you for that healing hand that you placed upon him. Lord, and for the encouragement of knowing that you was by his side in that room when no one else could be there. Lord, you was there. We love you and we thank you all. in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. So we're going to look at four different things this morning. First thing we're going to look at is what is love? I don't want anybody singing that song to me, All right. We just, just, what is love? What is love? What, we've all got our own ideas of what love is, and, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about it. If you look at verse 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us uh, love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And that right there is one of the most tongue-tangling verses in the Bible, I do believe. What is love? Well, according to verse 7 and 8 right here, is, that's where we're going to find the origin of love. Where did love come from? It came from God. There, I summed it up for you. It come from God. It didn't come from Adam and Eve. All right, It didn't come uh, from Noah. It didn't come from David. As much as we heard David sing and all the things that he wrote, it didn't come from him. It didn't come from Paul. It didn't come from John. John wrote that. It came from God right here. John begins by telling us that the love comes from God and the person who doesn't love doesn't know God. You ain't loved till you know God. That's one of those old me's and not an amen, I think. You ain't loved till you have loved God. Until you know God in your heart, you have no clue what love is. You've never experienced that kind of love. So what is love? It's hard to understand until you try to define it. define it. Webster's defines it as this. A strong liking for someone or something or a passionate affection for another person. That's Webster's definition of it. Now, if you think about it right here, verse 7, what does verse 7 says say? It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 7 says that love is from God. Webster says that it's of the world. If you look at the way Webster defined it, he said, a strong liking for someone or something, or a passionate affection for another person. Well, God is not of the world. And Webster's definition involves objects. God's not an object. God is love. Right here it says someone or something. Love is from God. So you can't put a human definition on what love is. Try. Try. Webster tried and he failed. All I can say, all I can define love as is God. That's it. That's the only way I can define it. and One of us can do any better because the Bible plainly tells us God is love and love is of God. So that's the best definition that we can come up with. In modern English, love is one is one word that has many meanings. I love my truck. I love my dogs. I love my lawnmower. I said nobody. I love my dogs. I love my guns. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love this church. I love my deacons. Just think about it. Every one of those things has a different meaning. We have a different meaning for each one of those loves. It's a different kind of love. I don't love my dogs the same way I love my kids. You don't. You better not anyway. Ain't that right, Mike? He just did not say amen. (laughs) It's hard. Let me take that back. You can't love your dogs the same way you love your grandkids. How's that? That's that's better. It's a lot better. All right. Different kinds of loves, different types of loves. Now, and I know I preached on this not too long ago, but there's three different types of uh, in the Greek. There's three different types of of the word love that are used in the Bible. You have storage, philia, and agape. And and I know I preached on, but just, I'll hit them real fast and just define them for you. Storage is a love between family members. So storage, s-t-o-r-g-e. Storage is the love that. I would have for my family, my sister, my mom, my dad. Okay, that's that's that kind of love. And then you have philia, and that's a friendship. It means a brotherliness or a companionship, so that's the kind of love that we'd have between our friends. That's the kind of love most of the time that we have in our churches. It's just a love that we have. I've missed that, by the way. It's been a long time. That's the kind of love we have with our friends. So that's a, that's another good kind of love, but then the other love is Agape. All right, agape love is a kind of love that, that it's just hard to define. Agape is a God-sized love. It's a kind of love that we, we just cannot uh, comprehend. The Bible calls it, or the, it's defined as godly love, unconditional, and totally unselfish love. So all through these verses that we just read from verse 7 to 21, John is trying to talk about agape love. He's not talking about a, a, a type of love uh, any other type of love out there, he is just talking about agape love. He's trying to tell us about a God-sized love that we can have, that we can experience if we know God, if we know him. It's not, a, it's, not a, uh, it's not a sentimental type of love like we have for our spouses, and it's not what we would call a social kind of love where we, we love objects. All right, What we're talking about right here is a supernatural kind of love that only the Holy Spirit can put inside of you. It's that kind of love. So I guess agape is supernatural because that's all that we can explain it as is a supernatural kind of love that, that he puts in us. In other words, I can boil it down to this. God is love. So if you ask yourself, what is love? God is love. There, I defined it for you. Number two, why are we to love? Here's a good one for you to think about. Why are we to love? Can I tell you? it's a commandment it's a commandment not only is it in the new testament but it's in the old testament it's, uh, it's over in leviticus uh, chapter 19 verse 18 says thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself he says i am the lord so that old commandment was to love each other. That's what he's telling us. you got to love one another. Love one another. But it, it was to, to love one another as you love yourself. Well, then Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus puts a whole new spin on it. Jesus said this is the new commandment. He says over here in John 13, 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So that made it a lot harder, didn't it? In the Old Testament, it said love love one another as you love yourself. That's easy. I love myself. Okay. But then Jesus comes on and he says, now you're to love one another as I have loved you. That's a whole other type of love. I can't put God's love and my love in the same basket because my love and God's love are two different types of love. The kind of love God has toward me, I, I don't know that I can ever, Give back to anybody else. I can try. I can try, but it's hard. That's a hard one to do. Am I willing to lay down my life as Jesus did? Probably. But my sacrifice has nothing to do with this sacrifice. My sacrifice is totally different. I can't compare it to this. Because he died to save the whole world. He died to save the whole world. If I was to lay my life down for someone, it would probably be just someone. Maybe a couple people. But it wouldn't be the same type of sacrifice. It's not the same type of love that God has, has for us. I'm going to read it again. It says, A New commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. We're also to love because God loved us. We're returning that love. I mean, you think about what he done for us on this cross. We need to return that love as often as we can in the best that we can show it however we can i don't know how we can do it right now it's, it can be pretty hard but we're to show it you ever heard of the old farmer uh i can't remember where i read this the old farmer he he loved his wife so much he almost told her you ever you ever heard about that he loved her so much he almost told her we need to be telling people that tell people that you love them tell them as often as you can to love them i remember when uh when I was growing up, I went to Willowdale Baptist Church, and that's that's where I got saved. And uh, we was on a youth retreat one time, and they were talking about love, and uh, I can't remember who asked me. I said uh, or told me said, "I've never heard you tell your sister you love her." And the youth counselor, he, his name was Chad Hicks, and he came up and he said, "You told her once. If anything ever changes, you'll tell her, won't you?" And I said, "Yep." I always think about that. We need to be telling people we love them a lot more often. Yeah, I love you. And if anything ever changes, I'll let you know, but I need to kind of remind you every now and then, I love you. I love you. I, I know I talk about it a lot of times with Maria, but that's, that's the way they hang up the phone. That's the way her mom and her sister do, and Abby, I've noticed the girls do it now too. They don't just say, all right, bye. They say, bye, I love you. So the last words out of their mouth before they hang up is, I love you. So th- think about that. We need to be telling people that we love them. A huge difference between the kind of love that we offer each other and God's love is his love moves him to act. His love moves him to act. A lot of times we just say, I love you, and go on. We don't act on it. But when he says, I love you, he acts on it. He shows that love. He blesses us. He gives us the things that, that we need, the things that sustain us. He, he gives us new mercy every morning because he loves us. That means he acts on that love that he shows for us. We don't act. Love for most of us is lip service. Love you, mean it. And we go on about our business. We don't act on that love. We give him plenty of reasons not to love us, don't we? Every morning, every day, every night, we say something, we do something, we, we, we let the flesh come out. We give him every reason in the world not to love us, but he still loves us. Unconditional, too. No matter how... Bad we might seem, it's unconditional. But it showed the greatest act of love that there could be ever. And look at verse 9, it tells us, In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. That's love. His death on that cross for us is the greatest love that anyone has ever shown, ever shown. Even God creating Adam and Eve, that was love. He done it out of love, and, and he wants somebody to to tend the garden, and he wants people to. He wanted a couple people to take care of the, the beast, and he wanted people to to uh, to, uh, to to go forth and to multiply and to have the young and he, and that was great. He did that out of love. But then, but then. As John said, he sent his only begotten son to die for us. That, that is love. That is an act of love. Now, I want you to think about this. This one took me a little bit to think of and to write down. But before Jesus came, uh, before he, he, he was here on earth and he was walking with us, he already knew who was going to hurt him. He already knew who was going to betray him. And he already knew who was going to deny him. And he came anyway. Would you do that? If something was going on in the office at work, and you was going to be picked on and ridiculed, and this was going to make it hard on you, you'd probably call in a sick day, wouldn't you? I don't want to be there. Jesus himself knew who was going to betray him. He knew who was going to hurt him. He knew who was going to deny him. All that would hurt my feelings. And I probably wouldn't like that person or those people very much. But Jesus knew who they were. And he loved them anyway. He came on down here and he loved them anyway. Jesus knew the name of the man that, that made the crown of thorns for him. Because he created him. He created that man. He created that bush, that tree. That those that crown was made out of. He knew that man's name. He loved him anyway. He knew the men that drove those spikes in his hands and feet. And he loved him anyway. He knew the soldier that pierced his side. And he loved him anyway. He knew that crowd, every person in that crowd that was saying crucify him. He knew every one of them by name. And he loved every one of them. You think about that kind of love. How you could go through something like that and still love every single person. I find it hard enough for myself to find or to love people because they look at me funny sometimes. But yet he loved them as they crucified him. He loved them as they mocked him. He loved them as they lied about him. They lied about him. That's a kind of love that hard to comprehend in our little minds. John fifteen thirteen tells us, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Greater love hath no man than this. There is none. The sacrifice that we're talking about right there of one's own life for another is the greatest act of love. That's agape love that can be shown. That's the greatest type of love. Because God is loving, because God has loved us, we have God's love to give. So when we go outside these church walls, when we finally get to go outside our houses and people see us, are they going to see God's love on us? Are we going to shine? Are we going to have that, that Moses glow thing going on when we walk out of the house? Are we going to be all smiling and happy-go-lucky and people are going to see that and they're going to want it? Are we going to be all dark and depressed because we've been shut up for a couple months and couldn't get out? How are we going to show it? People ain't going to see God's love if we're all moping around. When we walk out, we want them to see what he's done for us. We want everybody to see that love that he has shown for us. Now, I want you to notice something right here. God doesn't love in response to our love for him. It don't work like that. If I go up to Conley and say, Conley, I love you. And then he says, I love you, and gives me a $100 bill. Love you, (laughs) Conley. That's not how God works. He doesn't, just because I say, God, I love you, he says, Chad, I love you too. Here's another blessing. If he was to respond to our love for him, we wouldn't have a drop, would we? We wouldn't have a drop. But he doesn't love like we love. God's—he's agape. he's agape. He's got an agape love that we just cannot cannot wrap our minds around. And I thank him for that. God loved us even though as as mankind, a lot of people are just opposed to him. They don't want him. They don't want to hear his name. They don't want us to cry out to him. But he loved them anyway. Even those people that are opposed to him, he still loves them too. And if you think about it, even even back when Jesus was here on earth, and he was performing them miracles, they still didn't want him. He was right there with them. He fed them. He healed them. He raised them from the dead. And all they could do was cry out, crucify. Can you imagine? Watching Jesus Christ turn some fish and some bread into a full-blown meal, buffet, for the masses. Can you imagine watching Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead and yelling, crucify him? Can you imagine seeing him at that, that, that wedding in Cana and he's turning that water into wine and yet they're yelling, crucify him? What a love. What a love that he has given us. He submitted himself that execution so that the very people who wanted him executed could be forgiven all those people that watched him perform all those miracles as they still yell and crucify him he still died for them even though they didn't love him even though they hated his guts for the most part he still died for them when john told us in three sixteen, for god so loved the world that's everybody god's love knows absolutely no limit it's a love that forgives over and over and over again you know he he doesn't keep score i'm glad he don't keep score. score he's not up there you know with them little hash marks every time we mess up there's the five millionth one for chad scratching them out he don't keep track of it because the bible tells us plainly that once he forgives us he lets it go He forgets it. Something that we can't do as much as we need to. We forgive and forget. We we can forgive, but we very seldom ever forget. But God, he forgets. He lets it go, and he's not going to bring it back up, bring our past back up. Do we have that kind of love where we can let it go? Number three, how are we to love? That's the big one. How are we to love? Think about it. Do you want to see love acted out? you really want to see love acted out? If you do, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Flip over there real fast if you want to. Maybe I can get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. My Bible calls this the praises of charity. We can call it the praises of love. This is the love chapter of the Bible. Love. Look at verse verse 4 says charity suffereth long and again charity is love so love suffereth long and is kind love envieth not love vauneth not itself and is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly seeketh not her own and is not easily provoked thinketh no evil rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity or love never faileth, but where whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away, for we know in part, we prophecy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Do you see that there? Those beautiful words right there that, that Paul wrote, they're everyday words. All those things that we, we experience those things on a daily basis because Paul right here, what he's saying is this is how agape love acts. What, what Paul wrote down, he's, he is describing agape love. He says, charity suffereth long. Long-suffering, that's God. Ain't that what God is? Long-suffering, that's love. Love doesn't get mad at you if you don't do things the way that, that we'd like it to be done. That's not how love works. I'm glad it don't work like that. Love is kind. It says love doesn't envy, love doesn't voneth. Voneth is brag. Love don't brag. Love shouldn't brag. We shouldn't brag about that love that we have. Love doesn't become proud because it's more concerned about itself. I'm sorry, it's more concerned about you than itself. That's love. That's the kind of love that we should be showing everybody love doesn't delight in evil the Bible says but it rejoiceth in truth it says love always hopes and is always it always perseveres love always wins love won on that cross that day love won that day think about it love overcomes every obstacle that we have in our lives Because we got Jesus, because we got Jesus, we got love. So love always overcomes. Love is more than words; it's 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 actions more than your emotions. We gotta we gotta act on it, act on that love, do more for that for Jesus. Number four and last point, and we'll be done here in a second. Who are we to love? Uh, Hang on, this this might offend others. Who are we to love? I believe this is what the world needs to hear right now. Who are we to love? I don't know where this came from. I wrote it down because I thought it was pretty neat. It says, to dwell above the saints we love, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. What is love? Look at verse 11. i got to go back. Sorry, it's over in 1 John. Verse 11 says, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another there's your answer who you gonna love everybody who's your neighbor everybody we're all neighbors i might live in violence y'all might be up here you're still my neighbor we're to love everybody according to the bible if we love those who love us or if if there's a selfish motive in our loving them and they ought not be or we get something in return for that love then there's no value in that love we can't love because they're giving us something in return. That's the, that's the wrong way to, to love. It's easy to love those that love us, ain't it? Yeah, It's a lot easier to love those that love us. The Bible tells us to love our enemies. That's another tough one. Who's your enemy? Your neighbor. <laughs> Depends on your neighbor, I guess. Love everybody. Now listen to what, what Jesus said in Matthew. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? You know what a publican is? That's a tax collector. Those were probably, besides the the Pharisees, tax collectors are probably some of the most hated people in the Bible. Do you blame them? They're taking you money. Nobody wants to like people that take you money. But it says here, for if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. They were, they were despised in those days and had the ability to love those who showed love to them. If you was nice to them, if, I was, if Keith was a publican and, and he came and, and he took the taxes that I owed, and I'd done it in a loving way, he would love me back. But if he came up to me and he had to fight me tooth and nail for my taxes, he ain't going to love me. I'm probably going to go on a a little list somewhere. And and the next time he comes to get my taxes, he's going to bring a couple buddies with him. So if we love one another and we show that love towards one another, those one another's are going to return that and they're going to love us. But we have to show that kind of love. When you show grace, when you show mercy, when you show love to those people that are hurting, they'll show it back. And I've seen it so many times, and, I, and I've been on so many, on so many, especially car wrecks. You know, working in in the area that you grew up in, you know everybody. Between you and and and, it, and my dad owning a business and violence um, grocery where I learned how to live and funeral homes and everywhere I've been and I know a lot of people. One of the greatest things, you can probably back me up on this, and it's when you show up somewhere where somebody's hurting and they know you, it flips a switch in a good way. You bring a peace about you. And if you're calm and compassionate and loving towards them, it changes the entire situation. I promise you that. When you show up and you start breaking orders and you get mean and hateful and start accusing, it's just going to go downhill really, really fast. Compassion. It's not just emergency scenes. It can be any situation. Show compassion. Show that love. And I promise you the situation will change. And it won't escalate. Even lost people can love. Did you know that? even people that are bound for hell right now that don't don't know Jesus, don't have that relationship with Jesus yet, they can still love, but it ain't the same kind of love. So we as Christians need to raise the standard and set the example to the the world of what love really looks like. And that's the way I want to close here in just a moment is we have to show the world what love is. 'Cause right now they don't know. This so world we're living in right now has has no clue what love looks like. And I, I don't like to watch the news. But every time I turn on my computer or flip my phone, I get news alerts like crazy right now. Another riot going on. Something else is burning. Somebody else has died. And it's discouraging. And it makes it really hard to love. But we, we as the church, we as God's children, we need to be showing his love back to this world that we live in. There ain't going to be no changes. What we've seen going on this week, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, those of us that go into heaven, we don't have to worry about what happens when the rapture hits. We don't have to worry about, you know, that, that tribulation period going on. It's going to be a lot worse than what we see on TV right now. I know that. So right now, let's step it up a notch. You know, we, we've been quarantined for two, three months now, and we ain't got to see many people. So we ought to have an abundance of love built up that we need to be showing everybody. Let's show the world some love, like Jesus said. John 14, 15 says we ought also to love one another. John 15, 12 says this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus also says to keep his commandments. I didn't tell you that. He told you that. Love one another. Jesus said love one another. How can we not have love for one another down here and still claim to love God. That's an old bluegrass song. Ron Vincent does a pretty good version of it. But if it's, if you don't love your neighbor, then you don't love God. You ever heard that? We need to be loving our neighbors. No matter what, we got to love our neighbors and love them the same way Jesus loved us. Because at some point, in our lives, we probably was as bad as that neighbor is that you don't like. We probably had enough going on in our lives, enough sin in our lives to, for people not to like us. But at some point, we got broken. And we asked Jesus into our life, and we become a better person, a new creature. So you pray for them people that need Jesus. And you may be the reason that they come to know him by you showing your love to them. Let's stand. We're going to close out. Today, I feel like a uh, Jehovah's Witness, I'm wearing short sleeves. I could wring my underwear out last Sunday, so I decided to wear my short sleeves today. But I appreciate everybody coming out again, uh, bearing with us, you know, we're still going to be safe here at the church and, and do the best that we can and uh, we'll keep these doors open as long as we can. And so if y'all, if y'all mind the rules and I mind the rules, we'll keep these doors open as long as we can. And uh, I'm I'm very I'm very thankful that y'all was able to come out. Glad to see about everybody. Almost, but I got everybody here, and that's great. Even Matt come out of the holler and to be with us today. And it's been good. And finally got to see the baby. I thought she'd be driving y'all up here as long as it's been since I seen her. <laughs> that's, that goes around her mouth, not her ears. Yeah. Anybody have anything on their heart? mind, the mind today before we close out. Know, we need you right now. Yeah. It is, and it's getting shorter and shorter. Y'all heard Vance, he ain't out of the, he ain't out of the, the woods yet. So y'all keep praying for Vance and Barb too. A <laughs> 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 little bit more for her, maybe. No. Pray for both of them. Glad you're home, though. That tickles me to death. That's telling you last week, it's the hardest thing is not to be able to, to go and visit. and that's, um, that's tough. Glad everybody's here. Mike, will you dismiss us? Amen. All right, guys. We'll see you Sunday.